Hello everyone, welcome to Digital Marketing Can Podcast, your one-stop destination for all the informative tools, techniques, case studies, and a lot more into the digital marketing domain. I'm your host Prince Kumar, and our today's topic of discussion is how to leverage your digital presence to get high-paying clients. And to discuss it in detail, we have Luz Gonzalez with us today. Luz is a premier online business strategy expert, international speaker, co-CEO and co-founder of IndustryIcon.com, a space for business owners looking to become the leader in the industry, attract and create more clients, and make more impact. Luz is also one of the top most experts of how to utilize behavioral economics, neuroscience, and evidence-based strategies in business online branding. Hello, welcome to our show. Hello, everybody. It's so great to be here. So, Luz, we can start with uh, you know kind of our discussion. And to start with, I would request that if you can share a bit about yourself, about your corporate journey. Yeah. So I wasn't always in the digital marketing space. I actually used to be a lawyer. I went into international human rights law and wanted to make an impact that way. And I found that actually to be quite lacking. And then I went into the world of tech and I spent a few years in Silicon Valley. And when I was in that capacity, that's when I really started working professionally in the world of marketing. And I traveled around the United States and I presented on best practices on branding and marketing with organizations. And it was it was much later that I, you know, I think Steve Jobs says, you, you don't know how the piece is set up while you're going through it. But when you look back, it all adds up. So I looked back and there was this this constant theme throughout even as a lawyer, even as like when I was in school, it was I was always in charge of the branding and the marketing and the communications. Uh, and you know, when I worked at this startup, when I went from lawyer to you know working in the startup world, I was the head of marketing and the head of branding. And it wasn't in my like I didn't go to school for that, but I had been doing it just for years and years. And at this point, it's been over ten years of working in this space professionally. And so I now have this this expertise that I think is pretty unique. It's really branding and marketing as it pertains to high ticket programs, high ticket sales, uh, because it's there are different worlds, right? If you're trying to sell something for over a thousand dollars, how you approach the branding and the marketing is going to be very different. The amount of relationship building when you're selling something for over a thousand dollars and the amount of trust that you have to create just increases and then branding which is at the essence of branding what it really is it's trust building branding becomes super important and it's been super surprising the number of you know say like six-figure coaches or experts that are coming into our world and their their stuff just doesn't look the part they like their results they're doing really well but their online presence is lacking and they don't look like the expert and so we take care of that we're like okay like you have to look like the expert and 
you know, when, when that is missing, you're literally leaving tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars on the table. And so the, the branding can be make it or break it, especially at higher ticket levels. Got it, got it. So you have been into uh, this industry for, I guess you mentioned a decade around. So you have, so how you started yeah. into this journey? Means you started with a kind of working in some other industry or working for some other clients or you, or uh, like what we can say is when you started for this high ticket and what was the reason that you started into this? Mm. Mm. Like I said, I spent about four years in Silicon Valley working in the, the marketing and branding space. So I was working for startups, you know, in that capacity. And then I decided to go on my own um, and went into more like general coaching. And then uh, I don't know for, for you guys out there that, you know, maybe you're getting started on your journey. I got started on my journey at a specific time as well. And when I got started, I was following some of the big name gurus out in the digital marketing space. And I was attending every webinar and every YouTube, you know, training and every in-person training. I literally spent a year going to event after event so I could really study with the masters. And what these masters, what these like big names in the digital marketing space were saying was, you know, like if you're just getting started, you should, you know, start with something like a low ticket subscription program. Like if I were just getting started, I would start with a mastermind, you know, like a $27 a month mastermind. And I'm a very good student, like, and I'm a very hard worker. You tell me to do something, I'm like, not only am I going to do it, I'm going to be the best person to ever have done this. And so that's what I did. I listened to these big name gurus and I created the masterminds and I created these low ticket products. And then it was really hard to pay rent. And I was like, oh my God, how do you actually do this full time? Because I didn't want to be in corporate America anymore. I wanted to be able to just do this full time. And so that's where that realization came from of, especially for beginners, for any of you that are coming into this world, there's, there's so many considerations, right? There's the like one size fits all. In digital marketing, one size does not fit all. There are so many factors that we have to look at to see what the right strategy and the right tactics are for you. So say if you're a beginner and you have no audience to a very small audience, well, your strategy is going to be very different from a beginner who has 100,000 followers on Instagram or, you know, tens of thousands of people on TikTok. They're different strategies, even though you're both beginners, right? And so what I don't think is said enough by the big name gurus is that a lot of these low ticket and mid ticket strategies, they're, they're, they're advanced and intermediate tactics. They're not beginner friendly tactics, at least not they're beginner. And maybe like, you'll feel like, oh, I can put together this like program, this product, right? This course. Uh, and then what usually happens, because at this point we've worked with over a thousand experts and people in this, this space is you put together this course, you didn't know exactly how to put it together, but you had this desire to put together something. And then the only people who buy are, you know, your family members and your friends. And it's so hard for you to convert any strangers either offline or on the internet, even though conversions offline are much easier. And then you're like, 
but I just worked so hard to create this thing and it's only bringing in 50 to 100 bucks per sale and it feels hard to even make those sales. So I'm a big believer, especially if you're getting started and you know you're trying to do this full time, starting at the high ticket level. If you, my favorite number is three sales a month at the $3,000 level. If you sell three things each month that are $3,000, that's a six figure year. That's a $108,000 year. How many people in the digital marketing space would love to be six figure earners, right? It doesn't have to be insane, but if you are at the low ticket space, I think I, the, like I ran the numbers for something like 15 bucks, you have to make 667 sales. Like that's hard if you have zero to a small audience and you're just getting started three sales a month or two sales a month like most people can do that and so that's why we love working at the high ticket level space it's not like there isn't a space for mid ticket and low ticket it just those mid ticket and low ticket need to enter at the right time for your business journey perfectly directly said and for that only we have you to help us understand that how businesses can plan to get these high tickets. So to start with, uh, can you help us understand that how these business owners can represent their business online so that their online customers can come to them and they are eager to do the business with them. We have a graphic and these are the seven steps of mastery that you must go through to get to a place where you're consistently bringing on clients. And so, you know, our minimum bar is about $10,000 per month for the clients that we work with, right? So we have these seven steps for you and it's for, for you to get to 10,000 a month. It's actually just five steps. And so we have these five steps. So back to your question, what usually is happening is something is not working in one of the earlier steps. So let's talk about the steps. There are five steps and four core ones that are really important in getting to a place where you see success, right? The first step is you just, you want to have alignment, make sure that you're building a business that really uses your expertise and your experience and allows you to be the best, you know, expert, the best um, version of yourself where you're not going to hate your business in three to 10 years. Uh, and then have to start from scratch all over again. So we usually just like, that's just kind of a given. And then we really dive deep into the, the ones that make a really big difference tactically. So step number two is what I call the profitability step. The profitability step is one of the most important things where the majority of people that we talk to that are not making money, this is where they got stuck. So what usually happens here, if you have been trying to build your online business, it's just it's not working. Clients aren't coming. Something happened at step two. So let's look at step two. Step two looks at what is the problem in the market that the market is willing to pay for, not even willing, wanting, and there is evidence that the market is paying for this problem. What often happens with people in the online space that we speak to is they will say, oh, I have this problem that I want to solve. Like, I want to do this. We have a principle within the industry icon community 
that's called the nay principle. It's N-A-Y, not about you. We don't go into business to just do the things that we wanna do. We go into business to solve a problem for other people. We go into business to provide a service, right? To solve things for other people. And so if we keep thinking, but I want it to be this color, but I want to give this thing, then that is often why you're not making sales because you're making it about you versus making it about them. One of the most important things that we get to do, and I, I find this to be very exciting, is we get to leave our ego at the door and we get to become really good listeners. And when we are very good listeners and we take notice, and for us, <laughs> I think it's funny, uh, there's not a lot of data and evidence in the like digital marketing and online spaces, which I just find to be shocking. Um, I'm big on data and numbers. So the market leaves clues, right? What do I mean by the market? The, the like where people hang out and buy things, that's the market, right? And so the market, I, we always tell our clients, talks to you. You just have to be willing to listen. How do we listen? Well, some of the big name gurus out there and some of the, you know, the experts will say, you just need to, you know, have a hundred conversations with, uh, with your ideal client avatar. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't think that's enough. I honestly think that's bad advice because what often happens is you're talking to people who don't want to hurt your feelings. And these people are gonna be like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. I think that's amazing. Oh, that's so good. Oh yes, that's so great. But then when it comes time for actually paying and charging people, their credit card's staying put, right? So that's not an intelligent, tactical way to get data from the market. There are other ways that the online spaces give us so much data, right? We, would, we don't just want data in terms of interest. We are interested in purchasing data. We are interested in revenue data. So you have to ask yourself, are people paying for solving this problem? Or have I created a problem that like, you know, 1% of the population on the planet, I mean, that, that, like that just like, you know, 20 people on the planet are interested in like you do, you know, goat, goat, like healing through sound healing or something like super random, right? Do people really want sound healing for their goats? I don't know. There might be five of them on the planet, but that's not going to be enough. And so we need to solve problems that impact at least, you know, at least a hundred thousand people. And you need to be able to find these 100,000 plus people and you need to be able to access them. You need to be able to talk to them, right? So if you can't talk to this congregation of people, 100,000 plus, then and you can't sell to them, right? So how do we contact them? They're in Facebook groups, through ads, through YouTube channels, through podcasts, through email lists through all kinds of mediums on the internet that we can contact them, but we want to make it as easy as possible. And your initial sales, the way the, that 
from our philosophy, the industry icon philosophy, your initial sales should be organic. You should have organic validation. And then after you have organic validation of sales, then of course you can go and scale up something that works, but you need to prove organically that it works. And so many people like <laughs> they just want to throw money at ads and then they get frustrated because it's not working and then they're not selling. And it's like, well, you never validated it organically. And so we need to know what's the problem in the market. Is it a big enough problem? Do I know where those people hang out? And we have a test for profitability. It's actually called the USGA test. So that's U-S-G-A-W. These are the five things that must be true for you to have a problem, for you to, for you to be solving a problem that's gonna lead to profitability, right? And we want evidence. We want like real evidence and data that people are paying. So it needs to be urgent. It needs to be specific. It needs to be a congregation group of people. So the G Uzga, a group of people that congregate online that you have access to in the 100,000 plus range. They need to have the ability and the willingness to pay for your products and services. If you go through your what you're selling and you pass all of these and sometimes what we see from people is like, yeah, people want, like you need data, right? Not just what you think, but what the data tells you. Is there urgency? Are people urgently needing this? Or are you more of a vitamin, right? Is it a specific problem? Oh my God, the number of people that we speak to in this world are like, my service, my product is for everybody. And it's like, if you are for everybody, what you're actually doing is you're micro niching yourself. The number of people that will work with you are only the people that know you and like you already and have a relationship with you because your, your offer is so broad and so not clear that any stranger on the internet is going to be confused and confusion always leads to no sales, right? And so you want to be a super clear for someone who's an, a stranger on the internet when they see what you do for them to go, yeah, yeah, that's me. Like you are for me. You're solving my problem. So we need to pass the USGA test. And when we do that, then you know you're ready to start putting together an offer. Very rightly said. And I guess the best point that you have highlighted is that we should be testing our product, testing our services that is it rightly serving some purpose or not. Because many a times what mm -hmm. businesses do, it's the, according to them, yeah, that I'm creating a uh, solution that will be serving the problem. But then they are not validating with the end user and most importantly any third party users who are not their relative because definitely if i will be validating it with my friends they will be saying that yeah okay that's perfectly fine but then if any third party person or if any end user whom we do not know if they are validating and if they are saying that it's important then it makes sense to us so that we can plan our strategy so very rightly that Mm -hmm. And remember, it's not enough for them to say that they like it. They need to say so with money. Like sales equals evidence. Lack of sales equals just opinions and thoughts. We don't base our, our decisions for our business on like, oh, that was nice. They said they liked us. We base what works based off of data of sales, money in the bank. That's the only thing that matters to be able to say that you validated your offer.
did you make sales? If you didn't make sales, you have not validated your offer. You got it. So, uh, these businesses, how can they turn their post on social media into a trust building tool so that it can help the people to show some interest and also the willingness to buy their products? Yeah. So, there is, we like a lot of frameworks. There is a framework that I call the wooing framework with an industry icon. That's icon with a K. Um, so with the wooing framework, there are five steps that we think of when we think of our online presence, right? When you think of your online presence, your online presence is made up of multiple, you can think of them sort of like storefronts, storefronts where online, where the people who are your ideal clients see your stuff and they go, ah, that's yes, that's what I've been looking for. And so when we think of our storefronts, there are going to be a few things that are going to be really important. The five steps, I'll, I'll walk you through the five steps and then we'll go into context. So the I want you guys to imagine, I don't know if you are, you know, dating, married, single. Uh, I, I find that metaphors and, you know, examples with real life make things a lot more tangible. So let's let's think back to the world of dating. Because when we are digital marketers and we're working in the digital marketing space, what we are is we are wooing people. It is our job to woo someone, get their attention in such a way that is tasteful and trust building so we can create a relationship with them for life. Otherwise, you know, potentially called marriage, right? Um, and so we are wooing someone for a relationship for life. That's what we're trying to do. As business owners, we are wooing our prospects to have a sale, like a sales relationship with us for life. We want them to be loyal customers who love what we do. And anytime we create something, they want to buy everything from us. That's the goal. And so if that's the relationship relationship we're looking to create, again, I want us to think back to the dating world. So I want you guys to imagine you are in a cafe and uh, unbeknownst to you, the love of your life, the perfect person for you, is gonna be walking into that same cafe. And so you're sitting there, you're working away, and then you hear angels singing, and you know, there's this beautiful light, and there's the door opens, and then this amazing, beautiful human being walks through, and you're like, oh, and your heart's beating, and you're like, oh my God, that's them. And they walk in, and you look down at what you're wearing, and you're like, oh my God, Ew. like I'm still wearing like PJs and sweats and I have this coffee stain and my hair looks terrible and I smell bad and like you feel like you just don't look good, right? Prince, you tell me, do you think if you felt that way, you're like, oh, I look terrible. Do you think you would go up to that person and talk no. to them? No, definitely. No, right? The majority of us would be like, no, hide me, please. That's your online presence. Your online presence is your first impression that you make. What is our online presence composed of? Your online presence is composed of your website. It is composed of your social media presence. It is composed of any time that your business shows up online or offline. If it's offline, it's like your banner. It's the, the cover 
on anything that has to do with your business, right? Your online presence. So your step one is you have to look hot, right? If you want to get their attention, we have to look the part. We have to immediately set a powerful first impression. As soon as they see us, they need to go, oh my God, that's for me. Wow, they look good. They, they seem really trustworthy. I wanna work with them, right? Like our first impression in terms of our branding and how we present ourselves online needs to be crazy strong. Okay, back to cafe. Now you're wearing your best outfit. You look good, you feel good, you smell good, you're feeling amazing. Person walks in the door, angels are singing, lights are da da da, whatever. They're walking in and now you're feeling good. What would you do? What's the next thing that you would do, Chris? Definitely I'll be going to that and then speaking out kind of trying to initiate the conversation. Yes, you would start a conversation with them. Exactly. And imagine rather than just, you know, saying like, hey, you're new here, like I noticed you. What if instead of just talking to them, we said, hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Right? That's different. All of a sudden they go, oh, oh, I'm paying attention. Like, yes, yeah, you can buy me a cup. Like, all of a sudden you become very valuable to them, right? You're like, oh my gosh, like that's so nice. There's an equivalent for that in your business, and that's called a client creating lead magnet. So maybe you guys have heard of lead magnets, freebies, opt-ins, all of these things. We want to create them in such a way that we start a value-based relationship with our ideal client avatar. And so we, it, it is super, super important, again, back to our online presence, step one, it is really important that your online presence is connected to a lead magnet, right? It's connected to a next step because imagine, let's go back to the, the initial situation. You look good, you feel good. They walk in, you don't talk to them and they leave. Is that ever gonna lead to marriage? No, because you missed your chance. So it's not enough for you to look good. You have to look the part, be the icon in your industry and you also have to establish a relationship as soon as they go, you're for me. And then we need to capture that, that contact information. So that's step number two, your lead magnet. We want to capture then. All right. So they go, oh my gosh, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for that cup of coffee. And then they leave and you, you just bought them a cup of coffee, but you never talk to them again. Is that going to lead to marriage? Definitely not. Definitely not. So what did you need to do after you bought them the cup of coffee? To have that lead and then keep on nurturing. Means keep on discussing or kind of, you know, keep the conversation going on. Exactly. Right. So back in the, in the dating uh, metaphor, we ask them out on a date. We're like, Hey, you know, it was so great to meet you. Can I take you out for a date? And you know, what do you like to do? So this is going to be your online communities. So Safe Prince for you, this is where you take your client avatar out for a date. You bring them value consistently. This is one of your community hubs, right? So say for us, we have, we have a, um, we have our Facebook group, we have our YouTube channel, we have our, you know, our newsletter, we have our places where we consistently 
take them on dates and provide them with value and give them what is really relevant and good for them and keep saying like, we're here for you. We, we are, I care about you and I'm going to keep giving you value, right? So we have our community, um, our community hubs. And then, so suppose you take them out on one date, but that's it. Is that going to lead to marriage? No. No, we need to go on how many dates? It depends completely, but a lot of dates, right? <laughs> we want to take them on multiple dates. So that is your, that's step number four. This is your content strategy, right? It think of every time you write content, you are inviting them on a date. You are reminding them of why you're valuable. You are giving, you're, you're saying like, Hey, I care about you. Hey, here's how we can take the next step. Suppose we've gone on a good number of dates and now we want to, we're like, they like us, we like them. What's the next thing we need to do to, to, you know, really define where we're going. Next step can be again, a kind of panel proposal. Yeah, exactly. So you say, Hey, you know, we've been going steady for a while. You want to be my girlfriend? You want to, you know, my boyfriend, you want to get married, you want to move in, you want to meet my parents, right? What's the next right step for them? As a business, the equivalent of that is going to be figuring out what's going to be the right um, value ladder offer, right? Hey, do you want to come in for my, you know, I have a mini course for 27 bucks or, you know, I have this other uh, course that's going to be 500 bucks or, you know, do you want to have a phone call because I'd love to do a diagnostic with you and see how we can support you. Uh, and then maybe we invite you into our high ticket program, or maybe you sign up for, you know, a high, a premium weekend where we come to you and we take care of your online presence, right? Like there's multiple places that we go based on where the relationship, where it's been leading. And sometimes for some people, this is going to be a very quick process for some people. This could take, months to years, which is why the nurturing through our content is super important. The majority of people that come into your world are not going to be ready to buy. They're not going to be, it's a, there's data out there. I think it's like, it's a very small percentage of people who are ready to buy now, but a, there's a good chunk of those people who are coming into your world who are not ready to buy now, but they'll be ready to buy within you know a few months to a year. And so it's your job to keep taking them on dates and to keep telling them what your offers are so they can work themselves into the right places. And then the last thing is, so suppose they became a client or a customer, uh, they, they bought something for 27 bucks. What's the next step? Asking for their feedback. And then if, uh, if it looks like that, yeah, they are happy, then we can test for a kind of uh, the high level program that's here. Exactly. So upgrading. So the next thing that we do is we want to upgrade. So they are already part of your world. You've established a sales relationship with them. The next thing is we want to upgrade them. So maybe again, they started at a low ticket. Well, Hey, are you ready for our high ticket program? Hey, are you ready? We're doing a in-person event. Hey, like what's going to be the next level? Uh, cause again, they're part of your world because they like your stuff and you have provided them with value and you have been courting them and wooing them for days to weeks, to months, to years. Uh, and you've built a, you know, powerful relationship. And so 
that is how you guys can think of your online presence, right? So I think sometimes the, when people talk about your online presence, it can be removed from context. And I like to really ground your online presence within the context of, well, why are we even doing what we're doing? Why are you even showing up on Facebook? Well, you're showing up on Facebook because one, you have to establish a presence so people can see you and find you and say, hey, you're for me, right? You have an Instagram profile, you have a TikTok so people can find you, but then it's not enough for them to find you, right? Then we need to capture their contact information, bring them into our community hubs and nurture them through our content so they can become a customer or client and then we can upgrade them and continue to serve them for you know the rest of their lives. Cool. So I guess you have given a lot of uh, informative advice on how we can plan for our time. Uh, so now coming to the social media platforms, can you help us understand that how uh, the businesses can plan or how businesses can understand that what is the best social media platform for their business or what is the best social media platform where they will be getting most of their potential clients? So this goes back to, if you guys remember those um, seven steps that we talked about to create um, like a client flow, right? So consistent clients. Step two, the profitability step that we were talking about talks about your client congregations, your hell yes congregations. So by this time when we were doing our research, it's based off of data. <laughs> it's based off of research that you've done. And so at this early stage before you even created your offers you you should have that like we we have a spreadsheet that our clients fill out for them to know so the question for you is rather the question isn't like where should i be the question should be where are your buyers right so they're they're subtly different but important in their differences Rather than asking like, you know, me, it's, well, where are they showing up? So let's think about some, you know, different industries. If we are talking about, say, a salon, a hair salon, where, with a hair salon, one of the things that's gonna be really important are going to be the pictures of previous clients. So Prince, you tell me, where can we see pictures? Where are pictures highlighted? Mostly on Instagram. Instagram, exactly. So Instagram is a must-have platform if you have anything to, to show your work for, right? Whether it be hair, makeup, eyebrows, uh, like anything having to do with beauty, interior design, like anything where the image of the before and after of the done product is an important piece of the deliberation process of do I want to work with you? Do I not want to work with you? Super, super important. Now, let's say with um, like a dentist, let's think of a dentist. If you're a dentist, uh, what's going to be most important? You're probably going to search dentist near me, right? So then Google My Business is super important. Making sure that you're part of the local results that come up is super important. The other piece that's tied to that, that's super important, is what? Videos? Your what? website, right? Because as we're doing the local search, 
because you know for, for a lot of local services that's going to be the main way that people are going to find you we're going to do a local search and when they're searching on google then that's going to lead them potentially often to your website also the other thing that's going to be highlighted as we're doing a google search are going to be the mm -hmm. reviews it's going to be super important for some of your industry some of the industries that you guys are in to have really powerful reviews if you have zero reviews and you're something like you know a dentist or like a service provider like that's gonna that's gonna be hard it's gonna be more important for you to have really great reviews and have a very powerful website than for you to have the most beautiful instagram right like the reviews are going to be super super important so you know especially at the high ticket level that's going to be important let's talk about a low ticket business mm, it's not totally low ticket but let's talk about like a low ticket service so say like changing the oil for your car at this point changing the oil for your car what is the number one consideration people have for something like this i guess again searching because uh, if i'm on traveling and in the mid i have i have so i'll be first searching upon good that what are the nearby uh, mechanics that can come on the spot. Yeah. So you'll do a local search, and then what? What's the other thing that you really care about? That's probably gonna beat the other considerations. Uh, it can be that I can watch some videos on YouTube that how, uh, like if there's no support, that how I can fix out my car. Might be. So, uh huh. You you might look for that, but suppose you're in a crunch. You're gonna look at price. Mm -hmm. Right. So price is going to be one of the number one considerations for some of the spaces that you guys are in. And if you're competing on price, then, you know, often like your website won't matter. It's going to be based off of reviews. It's how close you are and the price. And so for, for us, the way we see it, oh gosh, competing on price so hard. Like it, it's just a, it's a race to the bottom. It's like, we don't love that model because it just, it's, it's so hard. So if you have some products or some services that are based off of like price, gosh, I hope you also have some additional products and services that are higher ticket that allow you to not just compete on price, but bring in people based off other considerations, right? And so say like, again, if your main thing that you do that brings people in the door, it's going to be something like an oil change. <laughs> no one's gonna be looking at your TikTok, no one's gonna be looking at your Instagram. Um, but like say your email list, super important because with your email list, you could message them and you could say, hey guys, it's Thanksgiving and as a way to say thank you, we wanna give you a 10% discount if you come in, you know, in the next two days. Right, like we can have these incentives or deals or things in partnerships. You guys can create a partnership with someone who is, you know, a, a sister industry or sister business, and you guys work out some sort of revenue sharing. And you you use your list and say, "Hey guys, here is our let's see, like if you're doing oil change." I don't know, like you're probably connected to some sort of mechanic, uh, like tire services. Let's say like this, this shop that just does tires, like, you know, and our friends are running a tire deal. And if you come in in the next five days, but then you ask your shop with the oil change, like 
of all those sales, maybe you keep 50% of the revenue that your partner makes, right? So it, having the right systems completely opens up the door. And I, I want to talk to and stay on the email list. For any of you that are listening to this that don't have your email list and don't have an actual email list strategy, my goodness, that is the most important thing that you could pay attention to in your business as a serious digital business owner. Our space and our time online is rented space. There are three types of traffic. There is rented traffic, there is traffic that we borrow, and there is traffic that we own. Of course, the traffic that is the most important kind of traffic is traffic that you own. The traffic that you get from social media, it's rented. It's, it's like, it, 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 it is not yours. You do not own it. It is so important for you guys to use that step two of the wooing process and capture that traffic and bring it into the hubs, the community hubs that you own. And one of the places and the things that you own is your email list. Not only does that increase the value of your business if you're ever to sell it, it is insurance for your business. We're coming out of a pandemic. There were businesses who had access to their email list and there were businesses who didn't have access to an email list. Those people that had access to an email list, even though everything was closed down, they were still able to talk to their people. The people that didn't, they were struggling, right? So super, super important for you to have your email list. So you're, back to your question, it, it depends. It depends on your industry. It depends on where your people hang out. And the most important thing that you guys can do is like really know where does your ideal client avatar hang out? So I guess you have given a lot of helpful information that will help business owners to, uh, you know, plan their strategy. Any last piece of advice that you would like to give to the business owner? Any last piece of advice? Um, well, one, if you guys are interested in a diagnostic, you know, go to industryicon.com and go to the contact area and happy to look at your business. Because again, one size does not fit all. So happy to take a look at your systems to let you know how it's going. Uh, and it's not a sales pitch. It's just a diagnostic. And if you are interested in learning how we can support you, happy to tell you how, you know, a separate call, how we can support you. Um, pieces of advice. Yes, I would say... You're in this not to, I think the majority of you, you're in this not to just have a hobby, but to build a business. And to build a business, profitability principles must be at the core of your everyday activities. So often, I am a brander and I'm a marketer and I love branding and marketing, I love it. And I think often people hide behind branding and marketing because sales can be very scary. And they give less of importance and less time and less tracking and metrics to their sales systems, which are at the end of the day, what really matter the most. They, they all matter, right? So back to the seven steps, you have step one, alignment. Step two, it's the profitability. Step three, it's gonna be the right offer. Step four, it's gonna be your branding and your marketing. Step five, it's going to be your sales system. Step six is going to be your optimization of systems. And step seven is going to be your scaling. This is where we start finally touching ads and complicated funnels and email campaigns and all that super fancy stuff, right? So you need to know where along the seven steps you are, what's most important for you 
and make sure again that profitability really is at the core of everything that you're doing and don't don't just use hope strategy don't just like well i think this is gonna work i hope this works have real evidence that this is working because there's too much on the line there's there's people out there that are looking for you that are waiting for you and it's it's like you didn't go into this business and start a business just to you know like struggle and hopefully you would figure it out in a few years or and it's heartbreaking we see a lot of people who it's just like they're struggling and struggling for years and years So when we make sure that profitability principles are at the core of what we do, it can change the game and it will change the game for you. And so that's that's my wish for you so you can make have more abundance in your life and make more of an impact. So with this we have come to the end of today's episode. Thank you Lois for sharing your valuable advices and these advices will be very informative for business owners who want to target the high ticket sales. and who want to increase their business and take it to the next level and thank you so much it was pleasure having you on our show and i will definitely look forward to discuss some more interesting topic in the coming love it love it thank you so much for having me and if you guys ever want to learn more about us just industryicon.com that's with a k find me lucy gonzales on instagram lucy gonzales on tiktok lucy gonzales on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn on Facebook everywhere so uh please friend me I would love to hear from you and tell me a little bit more about your business and again thank you Prince for the incredible value that you're bringing your people and thank you for your time and having me here on your podcast okay. thank you